0: There are so many amazing things happening across this campus, and I am completely blown away of your presence in this room, and I pray that the Holy Spirit comes in and invades you in a way that you will never be the same. So I do not take it lightly that you're here, and I'm grateful to the Lord. Can we just lift up our hands right where you're at for just a moment? And just begin to close your eyes, and I know that many of you you can stay turned around. I want you to take notes as we are talking about encounter, but it would be pointless for us to discuss encounter and not give him an opportunity to invade this room. And I believe that what you carried in here has tangibility for the one that you are seated beside. So let's just ask him, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your spirit. We thank you for your presence. We thank Thank you for your love we thank you for your joy that is in this room we thank you father God for the ability to encounter you the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords we thank you for the opportunity to pull you down from heaven's authority into our now time into this space that whatever is taking place in heaven has the ability to take place here in this room and all over this campus father I just ask for the swirl of your spirit to invade our heart, invade our mind. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would come in and govern these beautiful people that have come in this morning. Lord, that we would encounter the king that has the ability to change everything. So, Father, anoint this moment. Anoint this time. Lord, as we are in such a crucial season. I do not take it lightly that you have chosen us to live and breathe and be your mouthpiece and be those who would be subject to you alone in this hour. We give you the praise, we give you the honor, and we give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, he's good. Come on, he's worthy. He's holy. He's righteous. There's none like him. And let me tell you, I would love to do something cute and get up here and pretend like I know how to teach. The only thing I know to do is to allow the Holy Spirit to come in and take over this moment. The only thing I know to do is to lift him high in this room, to give him the glory and ask him, say, Lord, show yourself. Show yourself in every circumstance. Show yourself in each heart. Lord, I thank you. Woo! He's worthy. He's holy. He's righteous. He's true. Woo! Hallelujah. Today, I got to be honest, I have warred with about three different things of what to teach and depending upon what I feel after this it'll depend on what I teach tomorrow you guys go are going somewhere else and I will be positioned somewhere else but today I have felt the burden over the last few weeks about the preparation of the bride the preparation of the bride and what it means to prepare for encounter one of the things that the Holy Spirit spoke to me and many of our church and I asked my ladies several my ladies and if you're a part of remnant wave remnant restoring hope and my sister-in-law is one of our elders she's like I'm here just to make sure you're teaching it right you know so sweet but they know that I heard the Lord as he was talking about cleanse the gates at the end of July, and I had taken a sabbatical from social media. And, you know, when you kind of uh, preach the gospel and teach the gospel and um, you have a people that you are responsible, God did that. I never wanted it. And I remember when the Lord said, I want you to go off of social media. I hardly ever myself go on social media. Somebody else often does the posting. But the Lord said, I don't want anything on your page. And you know how we get like, well, God, who's going to encourage the people? You know what he said? Get over yourself. Get over yourself. So I've been in a season of cleansing the gates, and I have to tell you that when you begin to get everything else out of your sight, out of your hearing, when you begin to make him the object of your affection, he allows you to see with such clarity and depth and even sharpness. Everybody say sharpness. Because we're gonna you're gonna find out why in just a moment. But he is designed, you and I, to be sharp, to be quick, to be aware, to be sober, to be vigilant, to be alert, not just to discern the enemies, but also discern the time and the season that you and I are living in. And as we are walking and crossing the threshold of one season into next at sundown at Rosh Hashanah today, over this weekend, you and I really are in. In a Kairos open heaven moment. And as this threshold is positioned us to walk through. There are some things that we need to be very aware of. And one of them. Is to be less aware of ourselves. Yay! More aware of him. Less of me. More of him. And less of me. And. As I am going to teach this out, many of you, you probably heard this topic your whole life, preparing for encounter. I want to go to Matthew and 25 for just a moment. And before we dive into this scripture, I want to make a notation here that Matthew 25, we often start reading this scripture as its own story, but it's actually connected to a question that the disciples asked in Matthew 24. It's not a separate chapter. It's actually a continuation. And the disciples asked the question in Matthew 24 and 3, as they sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came privately saying, tell us when these things will be and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? What will be a sign? And we know the Matthew 24, we hear the woes, we hear the rumors and the war, the rumors of war. We see all of the things that are going to take place, the parable of the fig tree. And yet no one knows the hour nor the day, but his church has the ability to discern. It will be like the days of what? It will be like the days of Noah, and I believe that the Lord gave us droplets of enough to say, hey, if you'll pay attention, you will be able to discern the season that you're living in, and what an incredible time we are in. Let me just say that. What an incredible season, but just like it is an incredible anticipated season, and you've walked in this room with great anticipation, what time makes you get to a place right where you're you're like the excitement kind of wears off the thrill of a thing that's why ecclesiastes says better is the end of a thing than the beginning because you get to the middle, and the middle is the valley of decision. Do you hear me today? The valley of decision, the place of, my God, I didn't know I was going to be met with all this hell. I didn't know that I was going to have to pray over a baby that fell 15 feet over out of a window when you told me to go on a fast. I thought you were going to give me some divine encounter and revelation from heaven. And he said, no, baby, but I knew your baby was going to fall 15 feet and somebody was going to stand in the gap. God does not tell you what the middle place looks like, but he prepares you in spirit when you come to it that even though the enemy is speaking death, you can declare life. Do you hear me? He was in this room at 16 years old and I believe not of anything that I did, but I prepared for an encounter. An encounter has two definitions. It is a face-to-face moment that changes everything, but it also represents conflict. And I don't know about you, but have you ever come face-to-face with God and you've been conflicted in your soul? And I'll tell you why, it's because there are things on the inside of you that he's saying they don't represent me. So the conflict is the war of will. The war, I'm sorry, I need to chill. The conflict is the war of will. And so we see in Matthew 25, it is a continuation of a conversation that is being had with the disciples. And, you know, Jesus made the statement that if it weren't for the elect's sake, you know, the days would be longer, but because of the elect, because of those, the days become shortened. And I had this revelation a few weeks ago as I was in California and the lady was talking about how quick, you know, we we always mark Christmas, right? We always marker Christmas, always. And my kids are doing it now. Like how used to be Christmas took forever to get here. Now it's like, wait, we're we're going into the Christmas season? Does it feel like the days are shortened? Does it feel like as soon as you open your eyes in the morning, it's time to go to bed? I don't know, but it feels like there is a time crunch that has come together. And I want you to know that it is the elect's sake that the Lord is doing such a thing. So in Matthew 25, it says, Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened. So it's then, it is a continuation. Everybody say, 10 virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. I want us to note a couple of things. They all had lamps. Say, I've got a light. I got a light. They all had lamps. They all were in the same place waiting for the same one. And I want to say this, that potential without preparation will bring you frustration. (laughs) Potential, say, I've got potential. potential. I have potential. Say it again. Every one of you in this room has the potential to have this encounter, but without preparation, I will live a frustrated life because preparation is the key that will open up the next for you. Who, who was in this room yesterday when Pastor Paula White was up here in the panel talking? Who heard what she said? When she met, regardless of how you feel about Trump, uh, when he first called her 25 years ago, and she met with him, and she said, here I was, trailer trash. and, And, you know, here I am going to this expensive restaurant not knowing what was what. And she said, when I left that meeting, I called my assistant and said, put me in an etiquette class, and I need a grammar coach. This is before there was anything promised of what she was going to be doing. But what if she had just been like, well, whatever. You know what that made me, it's, I knew what I was preaching today and I was like, okay, God, I hear you because I'm I'm just a hillbilly from Kentucky, probably the only one in this room who knows what it was to grow up without a bathroom in your house. I know what impoverished looks like. I know what it feels like to come from the wrong side of the tracks. But let me tell you, the only thing in me that is good is God. But yet he's saying, daughter, you're asking for the greater doors. now." what are you going to do to prepare for it say the greater door will depend upon my preparation now see there was a season of my life that the only preparation I needed was to just lay on my face in my closet When the Holy Ghost came into my life, I'd been married to Aaron for two years, and the enemy, the war of wills, I had an encounter. Do you hear me? The war of wills grabbed a hold of me and began to churn, and I had a choice to make. And as I stood on the steps of the Crab Crab family bus, I said, God, if you don't do something in my life, I'm going to leave my husband because the other will in me said you don't deserve where you're at. Because at the end of the day, there are some doors you walk through that you did not earn, nor did you deserve. Salvation is one of them. Marrying my husband was another. I, didn't, I couldn't have earned that. and probably did not deserve to be in the company of ministry and doing all the things. But God knows what's inside of you, and he will get you where he needs you to be to bring what he established. You see, I'm not up here on my own merit, but when I was formed in my mother's womb, he said, I don't care where you came from. I don't care what your last name was. I don't care the abuse you suffered. I got a seed on the inside of you that is meant to bring kingdom You need to look at somebody and say, you've got seed inside yourself. Oh, and that's the only reason you're breathing today. The only reason you're in this room to walk in through the threshold of 5784. It's because there's kingdom seed on the inside of you that is meant to bear fruit for him. Woo! Five wise, five foolish. Five Ten in total. Why ten? Because there was a Jewish law that was ancient that wherever there were ten Jews, a synagogue could be built. It took ten to build a thing. You hear me? It took ten to build and establish. There were ten witnesses present when Boaz married Ruth. There were ten to be an eyewitness of covenant at the gate. And this would seem to fit the Jewish tradition on what constitutes a formal event. Ten was maybe an unusual number to us. And we just think, oh, it's just happenstance. But God does nothing without his order. Everybody say ten represents perfect order. Represents perfect order. And yet, what represents perfect order is split down the middle 50-50. God's intention is perfect order, but let me help us in this room. He'll do it with half. He wants all of us to get it, but he'll do it with one or two. Do you hear me today? And if you feel like you are standing all by yourself, I promise you, you're not at this conference and you're not in this room. But if you feel like you're standing all by yourself and nobody's on the same page with you and nothing is moving forth, I'm telling you, you have one who sits as an advocate by the throne who is speaking and making intercession on your behalf today. And he is in agreement with what his word is on the inside of you this morning. Ten of them took their lamps. And we often say, oh, they fell asleep. How many slept last night? Kinda. We did not. I try, I was preaching this sermon all night in my head, and I was like, you don't need my mind to do this, Jesus. Put me out. Put me out. And then my daughter, Eva, she wakes up at 4:30 and she's talking about Stephanie Harrison playing a harp. And I'm like, what? So I tell Stephanie in the lobby, I was like, listen, you were up in her dreams all night. She was like, what? And Eva was like, you were playing a harp? And Stephanie's jaw dropped. She was like, oh, my God. Before bed, I was listening to a worship song with just the harp. And I said to the Lord, maybe I should take harp lessons. I said, yet again, Jesus, could have we not slept to get them? Stephanie, you should play the harp. God is so funny. And he's so good. But ten of them slept. And I want to tell you, there's a difference in being. you know what if you've been in a weary season that word weary is harassing if you have felt the enemy harassing you in this season lift up your hand lift it up we break the spirit of weariness off of these daughters today every harassing assignment that has come to wage war over their home over their family over their businesses over their finances I break the lie of the enemy and I break the yoke of weary off of them today day that is robbing their rest robbing their rest and I say in Jesus name be loose weariness go weariness go all ten of them slept Jesus wasn't saying oh you shouldn't have gone to sleep oh but he wants me to pray yeah he does but there is a time to lay your head down And lie in peace as his eyes are watching you while you sleep. I believe it's really the only time that God's like, finally, she's shut up. (laughs) Shh, now I can work. You know, it's so true. All ten of them, when they heard the call of the bridegroom, got up and trimmed their lamps. But there was a problem. Everybody say there was a problem. The five foolish begin to look to the wise, and they begin to say, give us what you got. Now, I want to help some people in this room. Sometimes the generosity of the church will also be the very thing the enemy will use to deplete you. Because we step in the way and in the gap and we enable things that God's saying, if you would get out of the way, I could probably bring them to salvation. If you wouldn't keep, stop, you know, keep funding their laziness or their, their selfishness or their addiction. It's hard. It's so hard. But I believe this is a representation. The wise say wise are full of generosity. We are concerned with what God wants us to do and others, but there comes a point when the line must be drawn and the foolish who refuse to prepare can no longer suck the life out of you from this point. Woo! I, I I just, that's part of that harassing spirit. Give me, give me, give me, give me. The leech has two daughters and they cry, give, give. I break the blood sucking leeches off of your finances. I break the blood sucking leeches off of your mentality. I break the blood sucking leeches off of your marriage and every relationship that is attached to you. Okay. They all had potential, but not all of them were prepared. The wise, say the wise, brought extra. It's like my daughter this week coming to Women of Fire. She brought extra. We brought so many clothes. Part of it is because we thought we were wise going to New York last week and the devil was a lie. Because you run with Devin and you run with Pastor Shero and you're probably going to be wet about four different times. And I took home a suitcase. Well, I didn't even take it home. That's another story for another day. But it got to Nashville, one suitcase full of nothing but wet clothes. And I was like, by the time it gets to me, it's probably going to be filled with mold. Wasn't very wise because we didn't have enough. And sometimes we receive, let me just say it like this, the Holy Spirit is the oil. Do you hear me? And we come in, as, and that's uh, that's in Zechariah. I could, in Zechariah 4, where it's talking about the oil and the lampstands and the anointed ones. Uh, but I want us to understand that one drop and one moment in his presence, it could last you a lifetime, but not when you've got uh, time in space, not when you've got... Uh, Uh, things that are depleting you and weariness that's coming at you to get through the next door. Somebody say, I'm going to have to have the extra oil. How do I get extra oil, Pastor Amanda? I make space and time for encounter. I make time in the secret place, but I also make time that when I'm walking in the grocery store and I feel the unction of the Holy Spirit, I pray without ceasing. It turns up the oil factory on the inside of my life. Let me tell you, there's not always time to go lock yourself behind a closed door and pray for an hour to muster up oil. This is where they were found. Everybody say the wise, they're prudent, they're prepared, they are concerned. Everybody say the foolish. The root word in the Greek for foolish is moros, M-O-R-O-S. Say moros, which is where we get the word moron. Moronic. Moron. You know what that means? <laughs> Woo! To be dull and without your edge. Yeah if something dulls or is dulled it becomes less intense bright or lively no wonder people are intimidated by your sharpness and therefore we dull ourselves down we turn our light down we dull ourselves out oh you better not be lively you better not be preaching you better not do those things so we shrink and dull down we get less interested in what God is doing now I'm not talking about women of fire today I'm talking about when you get home I'm talking about when you get home and back to your church and back to the assignment that God has for you the life that is is in space and time when it feels like there is a delay in a season what does it say hope deferred makes a heart sick I believe that time and space will make you dull Prayers that you have prayed and sought the Lord for that did not happen. It's like receiving a hit from a blunt force object. Or just like LeClaire said last night, you've been beating the wind. Has anybody felt like you've been praying and not making impact? You've been swinging the axe and yet all you're doing is swinging and it's making the sharpness dull in your life. I'm telling you, there is at least 50% of the big seeds. church that has lost interest in the Holy Ghost they have dumbed down their light to be seeker friendly they have said oh you're too intense we got to shut the Holy Ghost down dim the lights and we have taught that dullness is sophisticated Is everybody all right? What does it mean to lose your edge? Look at your ladies at your table and say, baby, don't lose your edge. Don't lose your edge. Don't lose your edge. Don't lose your edge because what happens when you lose your edge? You lose your oil. And when you lose your oil, you don't get through the door. Look at her and say, don't lose your edge. I need your edginess. I need it particularly women, what does the Bible say? Iron what? Iron. So we come to places like our house of worship or, you know, we get with our girlfriends and there are some in our company or women of fire. It's crazy sharpening, you know what I mean? But we get intimidated by other people's sharp. I'm not talking about being sharp tongue. I'm talking about being alert and aware that when the Holy Spirit says she needs healed. Woo, yes, sir. Because I ain't got time to go pray for oil that's why it says be sober and vigilant my sister-in-law says it best you might listen there are people in the big c church right now that are are allowing drunkenness and just go get drunk go party go do what you want to do all things are permissible you know she said but what happens when you meet somebody on the street that needs a healing they know that you are a faith-filled believer but you are intoxicated with something that is not the holy ghost the oil is too costly and it's too precious in my life for it to be dulled down by anything manufactured. It's too precious to be dulled down. In this hour, we come in. Some of you right now, you're like, my God, why did I come in here? <laughs> she is something. I'm intense. And I can't help it. I've tried to be the cute little, you know, minister's wife. Like, I'm just going to sit quiet and not say anything. And then the Lord filled me with the Holy Ghost. And you couldn't shut me up if you tried. And with all the attacks in this season... Against your house and all the attacks and the weariness, I want to help you. It is the enemy coming at you with a blunt force object to dull down your light, to dull down your intensity and make you forget that, oh, I needed extra oil for this. Dullness, it means I lose my edge by I no longer practice the skill And what brought me in? (laughs) Oh, my God. I no longer make a practice of praying in the Holy Ghost. I no longer make a practice of getting up early and putting on the Word of God or turning on the worship music. I no longer make a practice because I'm so weary and I lay my head down to ask the Holy Spirit to invade my dream realm. I'm not preaching at you, I'm preaching with you. I'm letting you, I'm exposing an enemy right now. That is after the whole church, and I, as long as I, the, there's uh, what I told the Holy Spirit, as long as I have breath in my body, Lord, my mission is to make sure that no one who has had an ear to hear would leave with dullness. No one would leave with, with less intensity. No one would say, I have to dumb down my light. I think that's what this whole Women of Fire conference is about. Hold up your light. Sound the trumpet in Zion. Do not allow an enemy to call. A dullness over your mind <laughs> open your mouth and decree a mighty decree in this hour. open your mouth and sound the alarm while the enemy has come in and he's coming for our children he's coming for our covenant he is out to take the light of the kingdom but there are some people who say oh no no you ain't gonna catch me you ain't gonna catch me outside without my oil you're not going to catch me outside without my oil. You will not. Not in this hour and not in this day because the enemy has been exposed. I'm not saying you have to be as intense as me. Thank God we're all not. It means to lose your edge. You no longer have convictions. The Bible says work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Where is the last half of that? We love to say, well, the Bible says work out your own salvation. So I am. And I'm just not convicted about those things anymore. You're dull. You've lost your edge. You have lost your passion for the thing <laughs> that actually drew you in the house to wait for him. You see, in this story, there is an old test, there is a, a cultural thing that we miss. There was the betrothal, the betrothal process was asking the bride, Will you take the cup? The dowry is paid to the father, and then there is a season of waiting, and it could be up to a year, and she didn't have have FaceTime and she didn't have text message and she didn't have WhatsApp to know what was going on she didn't have Life 360 she had to trust that her bridegroom was coming she had to trust that when he showed up that she would be prepared and ready and he also had to trust that she was gonna sleep in her clothes she wasn't gonna take off the garment of righteousness to get in bed You know what I mean? She wasn't going to get crewed around, you know, this group and unrighteous and then put on the holiness over here. Her crew knew and part of them were in the camp with her to be an accountability what happened to confess your sins one to another that we might be healed. I believe, listen, you know why? Because you're worried about what my edginess is going to think about your dullness. Baby, I don't care how you got dull. I don't care what they did to make you crawl in the bed. I don't care what they said about you. I'm just here to pour out the spirit of God over you and say, let the sharpness of the kingdom come and advance your life. Don't be intimidated just because you don't know the hell I've walked through. Because let me help you. Oil is produced out of the pressure out of the hits out of the crushing out of the squeeze it's not because i'm up here preaching qualified because i never been through nothing i have been through more than i care to even talk about at 43 years old but at this moment standing at the threshold i can't worry about what back here felt like and what doors closed how, how i'm holding an offense whatever baggage is behind me i have to leave but I'm about to cross the threshold and what the enemy meant for evil is only going to work for the good. It's producing oil. It's producing extra oil. It's producing oil because you allow him to do a thing on the inside of you that nobody will be able to take credit for but Yahweh. Nobody. Dull and without their edge. Huh conviction. Have you ever noticed that? That when you, I'm not trying, I'm not condemning anybody, but when you get in the midst of certain people, your language changes. Your your guard of conviction gets lowered little by little and you've let your hedge down and it is an open avenue for the enemy to come in. Because Satan, remember, he went up into the throne room and he was asking God to lower the hedge ah, of Job so he could get in and attack him because he wanted to dull Job's edge. He wanted to dull him. He wanted to take what I believe that hedge was, was the blood sacrifice. And so if I'm in the company of people and the things that I've been set free and redeemed from, right? The things that I know I should have been and could have been had it not been for the blood of Jesus. And so when I get in a certain company and I start talking about, oh, the club days. Yeah, girl. Oh, you know, this and that. And all of a sudden my lingo begins to change and I'm longing for the leeks and onions of Egypt what I've been set free from, what he's loosed me from. Instead of advancing and facing an encounter with the king, I've turned around hoping for what was. My convictions begin to be lowered and a dullness comes over. And so many of us, as we walk in depression, have you ever seen somebody that literally the light is gone out of their eyes? They were once so vibrant and full of life, but death came in and grief has a hold of them. Divorce gripped their life, adultery, uh, all of the things. And it literally, the things that really are temporary come in and cause the light to go out in the believer's heart in our lamps. Maybe we... Wasted energy. maybe we wasted oil. Maybe we burn the light when the Lord's saying, "Be filled. I don't know what in this room you feel has come to dole out the light of the kingdom, to cause you to lose your edge. Hmm. But one thing I do know is to be dull. You know how you say, and I can tell you this in all honesty. There's never a dull moment in my house, my family of six. There's never a dull moment. As long as Edabeth is around, there is never a dull moment. She's my youngest. My husband says she is a carbon copy of me. And I'm like, Lord Jesus, shut up. I say, (laughs) The doorway to dullness is crossing the threshold of boredom. Crossing the threshold of boredom. Huh. Idle hands are truly the devil's handiwork in this hour. I can see it through so many lives and people who were so sharp and on fire for God. Boredom has opened the door to remove the sharpness of the word of God in their life. And they have become dull, dull. And filled with darkness, if the light in you is dark, how great is that darkness to be not interested, not ex expecting anymore. As we are turning into the threshold of Rosh Hashanah, I want us as this whole week is just filled with expectation. And again, I want you to begin to look past as you head home from Chattanooga, as you make the turn and we're stepping into the new season of Rosh Hashanah, headed to Yom Kippur and finishing out the year 2023. I want you to get expectation in your heart. Some of you may have reached the ceiling of your expectancy. But I just declare that one way to raise the ceiling, increase your faith, is begin to raise up your hands and say, oh God, increase my territory. Push out the limits. Stretch the borders. Make room. Make room. Make room. Come Stretch it out, ladies. Lift up your hands, asking, come on, lift the ceiling. I need a greater expectancy in this hour. If you want to stand, I'm getting ready to close. Lord, I'm anticipating what you're about to do. Lord, I am pushing the ceiling that feels like it's closing in and about to make me dull. Father, I thank you that your word is sharper than any two-edged sword dividing. I thank you, Father, that you are moving and shifting and cutting in me everything that the enemy would try to put in my body, in my mind, in my heart that doesn't look like you. And I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is going to be the key to the open door in this season. The Holy Spirit, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, he said, when I pray in tongues, my spirit prays. Everybody say, when I pray in tongues, my spirit prays. He said, but my mind, say, my mind is unfruitful. You say, Pastor man, I don't want my mind unfruitful. No, but I want the governor of my life to come in and invade my spirit. I want him to take authority over my mind. To be carnally minded is to be enmity with God. I don't wanna be at war with God, so I surrender my thoughts. He said, let this mind be also in you that was in Christ Jesus. Come on, just go ahead and put your hands on your forehead. Say, Lord, I thank you for the spirit of wisdom. I thank you for the spirit of truth. Say it again, I thank you for the spirit of wisdom. I thank you for the spirit of truth. I thank you for the spirit of counsel. (laughs) I thank you for the wisdom, Father. I thank you for truth. I THANK YOU FOR COUNSEL. I THANK YOU FOR KEEPING ME SHARP, HOLY GHOST. I THANK YOU THAT I AM AWAKE AND I AM SOBER AND I AM vigilant. I THANK YOU THAT I AM AWAKE, THAT I AM SOBER, AND THAT I AM vigilant. I THANK YOU THAT WHEN YOU RETURN, I WILL NOT BE FOUND WITHOUT THE EXTRA OIL. COME ON, SOME OF YOU ARE ABOUT TO GO HOME AND YOU'RE GOING HOME FROM WOMEN OF FIRE AND THEY'RE GOING TO SAY, OH, YOU EXTRA, YES, I AM. extra, what's going on with you, baby? I got my edge back, <laughs> Woo! Somebody needs to go ahead and say, I got my edge back. I got my edge back. I got my life back. And it's something when we're young and vibrant, so many of us on the north side of 40, you know. Some of you are not and you're like, dear Jesus, We think about, man, when I was vibrant, when I could run a 5K and my bones didn't ache for days. When I could think in clarity without distortion. But as life and time comes in, it has a way of just putting this ceiling. And I'm telling you that the only thing, those who will say, Lord, I've got my lamp, I'm going to rest when you ask me to. I'm going to trim my wick so that when I light the flame, it will not bring a cloud of darkness in my visual. It's not making me sooty. I'm not going to have to continually cleanse the the lens because I I have cut the wick back. But not only that, Father, I have extra oil intact. And so if you're in this room and you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, I want to tell you that the Holy Spirit came into my life at a very crucial threshold time. And I had a divine encounter with God that has set me on the path you see today. I never aspired to be a preacher. I never aspired to have a prophetic unction. I never aspired to pastor a people and mentor sheep. But what I can tell you is that God's seed that is on the inside of you is longing to bear fruit and let the Holy Spirit begin to come in right now. Come on, if you would say, Pastor Amanda, I want the Holy Spirit in my life. I don't want to be dull. I don't want to lose my edge in this hour. We have to be spiritually minded. We must be filled with the Spirit so we will not fulfill the lusts of our flesh. And if that's you and you would say, Pastor Amanda, I'm ready for the Holy Spirit, lift up your hand lift up your hand now ladies i want you to look around you somebody who has their hand raised i want you to go lay hands on them and i want you now is the time to share some of your oil and know that when you pour into them god's going to replenish you and then they are going to have their own oil they're going to produce an oil factory out of their life come on begin to pray in the holy ghost and stretch your hands open it up Holy Ghost, open it up Holy Ghost, open it up Holy Ghost, praying in an unknown tongue, now listen, you cannot keep your mouth closed and ask him to fill you, open your mouth and he will fill you to capacity, come on oil, come on oil come on oil come on oil open it up begin to open your mouth and bless the lord open your mouth and tell him thank you jesus come on open it up come on don't be silent if you're not filled and speaking the language yet then praise him come on praise him you are not dull daughters you are vibrant full of life and beautiful You are not dull. You are not dull without your edge. You are on the edge of the threshold of the open door. Come on, as we cross the threshold, as we cross the threshold, you will not be those who the door is shut in front of, but the Lord says, I have set an open door before you. I speak healing in this room. I speak, I speak healing of every blunt force trauma. I speak healing of every blunt force trauma. I speak healing of every blunt force trauma. I speak healing of every word that has caused you to doubt and fear and wonder come on pray church open your mouth ladies if you are longing to get the fullness that the Holy Spirit has you and your name on begin to open your mouth and bless the Lord come on the threshold is here this door will not be closed to you Yes, open your mouth open your mouth out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water come on you've got your own oil turn the light on daughter Yes, so open it up. Open it up. Open it up. Open it up. I speak a sharpness of mind. I speak a clarity, a firing again of the neurons of the brain. I speak an awakening like we have longed to have and possess. I declare that this will be a season where you see while you sleep. I prophesy that this will be a season when Yahweh begins to give you blueprints and measurements while you are resting. I BELIEVE THIS IS THE HOUR OF OIL. COME ON, BEGIN TO PRAY. OPEN YOUR MOUTH. OPEN YOUR MOUTH. OPEN YOUR MOUTH. COME ON, GET YOUR MIND OUT OF THE WAY. GET YOUR MIND OUT OF THE WAY. YES, THERE IT IS, DAUGHTER. GO, OPEN IT UP open it up, that's it, open it up, Woo. open it up, that's it, that's it, open it up, unlock all of it, you are not weak, you are not dull, you have not lost your edge, I don't care who left you, I don't care what blood force trauma came against you, I see the glory, I see the glory, open it up, Woo. This will not be a dry season. Oh, keep speaking, keep speaking. This will not be a dry season, daughter. This will not be a dry season. This will not be a dry season. Woo! come on. If the door you've been longing to be open has been shut, put the oil on it, hey. Woo! put the oil on it, hey. Woo! Open it up. Open it up. I speak healing right here. Open it up. Let the river birth before anything else births. This will not be a dry season. This will not be a dull, uneventful season. Do you hear me? Huh? Do you know church was never meant to be boring? You were never meant to decide to go to the book club and only discuss natural things. But my God, as we have talked with the Harrisons, the gospel is wild. This is a season of full events. Do you hear me? Full event. Open your mouth. Come on, pray in the spirit. Come on, pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. Speak what you hear out of your belly. Yes, there it is. Woo! 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 Come on, look at your daughter beside you. Look at your friend beside you. Look at your neighbor and say, it's about to be a. life is here life is coming Woo! you are not dull you are not without edge and who cares who you're too much for (laughs) i just hear the lord say you recall what i told you my Kose. I see something in a dream that was given to you a while ago. I don't know the timeline, but I see it. And you felt like it died and was gripped out of your hand. But I declare that just when you did not know life could spring out of death, God says, you watch me. The enemy may have temporarily plucked it out of your hand, but the Lord says, I give back in greater measure. And now I break grief off of what was... Daughter, there is an open door standing before you. Come on, oil it. Oil it. Get the oil. Get the oil. Get the oil. Come on, ladies. Begin to prophesy to somebody at your table. Come on, let the Holy Ghost. This is the hour where the daughters will begin to open your mouth and prophesy. Come on, it's not just one person. It is the body functioning together. Begin to tap into the oil. Stir up the gift of God on the inside of you. Come on. Come on. Lift up your hands and raise the roof. I don't care what the enemy has brought against you. Begin to just declare, I am not dull. I have a door before me that is full of life. And I'm carrying extra oil to walk through it. Come on. Begin to declare, I am carrying extra oil to walk through it. It will not in my face. The enemy has not come to shake and and take me out. He might try but he will not prevail. His squeezing out is only producing greater oil in my life. If you need a healing in this room and we're gonna transition because Dr. Danielle has got prayer going you're gonna leave this place transition and walk straight into the glory cloud. Begin to open up. And if you need a healing in this room, lift up your hands. You need a supernatural healing. Lift it up. If you don't have your hand raised, turn your hand to someone beside you. And if you did not receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, don't stop. The evidence is is in you. You just got to begin to turn key. You hear me? Turn key. You're walking through the door with the oil. You're walking through the door with the spirit and with your edge. You hear me? Ooh, you edgy. You edgy. You sharp. Ooh. You are filled with the light of glory. There is nothing boring about the one we serve. Do you hear me? There is nothing boring about the kingdom of heaven that is advancing at the speed of light. You are not called to be boring. You are not called to be doled out. You are called to be vibrant for his glory. And so in the name of Jesus, those that are bound by sickness and disease, we speak to the disease in the body, we speak to the infirmity, and we declare that in the name of Jesus, the oil of heaven is opening up over your head, over your mind, over the dryness, over the tumor, over that dead zone in your mind, the oil is here, come on. I thank you for supernatural healing. I thank you for barren wombs that are opening. I thank you for the disruption of crippledness. I thank you, Lord, for lupus is being removed from the body. Pain in the right ear, in the name of Jesus, open up. Go now, every infection that's trying to invade the hearing. I say, be open. kaye. In the name of Jesus, 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 everything that is contrary to the Word of God, we declare that He sent His Word and He healed them of all of their diseases. All of them. Back pain, be gone. Arthritis, be gone. Migraines, be gone. Loss of vision, be gone. The intimidating word of cancer, be gone in Jesus' name. Stop identifying with the disease and put your eyes upon the healer today. Come on. Put your eyes upon the Lord today. Make him the object of your affection. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Woo. Woo. Come on look at your look at your beautiful sister beside you and say, "Ooh, you got your edge back. You're looking lively today. Come on, the enemy thought he had you, but Jesus said, "Nope." Nope, they're mine. God is so good, and he is greatly to be praised. Beautiful woman in the pink shirt, I wanna declare to you that your days of weeping are coming to an end and the harvest, you are about to carry the harvest in with you. You have sown tears in the field and it's only watered the seed of your life. Get ready to gather the sheaves. Get ready to gather the sheaves. Weeping has endured for the night, but joy, everlasting joy. It feels good in here, doesn't it? Who say it's about to be eventful today. Come on, never a dull moment. I'm telling you, somebody needs to make that a part of your daily decree. Never a dull moment in the kingdom. Never a dull moment. I will not be caught without my extra. Ah! I love y'all. It's so good. I wish I could pray with all of you, but let me tell you there's enough glory in this room that the hands beside you are equally anointed. Do you hear me? There's oil in this room. I want to tell you, and I don't do this, but I am today. Uh, I have a devotional book. It's not here yet. You can pre-order it. You can go to Amanda Crab Ministries and order it. Now, listen, I'm going to let you in on a secret. I'm going to give you a discount code to get it half off. All right? All right. It's called Remnant 50. Five, Remnant five. By, my sister in laws like, stop. But I want to... I want them to know how blessed they are and how much I love them. It is one of four volumes that will come out this year. And this one is called preparing for encounter. <laughs> it's called preparing for encounter. So you can go to Amanda Crab Ministries. Type in the discount code Remnant Five Zero, and you can get that for half off. Hold up your hands. Woo. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and may He make His face shine up on you, and may He give you His peace—not the peace that the world could give, and the world would take away way, but the peace that you can stand upon when the storm comes, the peace that will carry you through every door, the peace that will be there to give you the extra oil when it feels like you're about to enter a dry valley season. Lord, I thank you that you are keeping your daughters oily and edgy and never to be dull in the kingdom again. Woo! Now I want you to walk out of here, high five somebody else and say, yes, we are never going to be. Dull again. I refuse to be dulled. Woo! I love you.